morning. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Jolene. And today we're talking about what are we talking about, Jolene? I I have no clue. <laughs> we're talking about structures in fantasy. So Saul asked people what they wanted us to talk about. So here you are. So Kevin put down that or asked how would fantasy structures be different? I thought he said castles. Castles, castles, right? Yeah. In a fantasy setting, right? Because he, he specifically mentioned flying creatures or flying opponents. And how would they be built differently? And my premise is that they wouldn't. But Saul disagrees with me. Well, no, I didn't disagree. I, I just I just pondered a little bit more than than two seconds like Julian did. I, I pondered it. So it's an interesting question. Would they be fundamentally built differently because of... You know, in real world, real life, in history, castles, you know, back in medieval ages and ancient times, they didn't have to. <laughs> and World War Two, And they didn't, no, they had flying things in World War Two. They didn't have to deal with flying things in medieval ancient I times. I totally disagree with you. Okay, well, things that could fly and attack from the air. Arrows. Yeah, you could shoot arrows over, but you would really. Well, ballistas. Well, I don't know if they use ballistas or. And, you know, there were siege weapons. Catapults. Right? Catapults and, yes, and trebuchets and stuff like that. But they still, they're just lobbing things into the castle or against the castle. Greek fire. Uh, that was, I don't know if they used that on land, but it could have been. I don't see why not, I guess. But again, those are all, you would have to get close to the walls to be able to do that. And they, and, and the people on the walls are obviously going to be shooting back. Up or down. At you. It's just, anyway, so... I thought I thought they would be slightly different. They would have to, to account for, and you know, all, all kinds of things account for things that fly and could attack you from the air. All I'm saying is that castles do have those particular things already. But I like some of your bizarrely strange ideas, so go for it. Okay, so a lot of depends on how many flying creatures there are in the world, or how prevalent they are, right, in your fantasy world. If there's a whole bunch of fantasy. Uh, creatures that fly or villains that fly or such as dragons well yeah dragons are big but there's not you know usually they're going to attack a castle they're there's not they're not so numerous is what i'm saying if there's a numerous entities out there that can fly and are aggressive and can attack like you know hawkman if the world had hawkman then you would have to contend to be attacked by hawkman i think hawkman would be pretty easy to take out okay How? arrows at the top of the castle, your soldiers would shoot arrows. Your arrow men would shoot arrows. Yeah, but Hawk. Well, okay, yeah, okay, but you know they because they right. have to get close, right? It would be like a person parachuting in. They have to get close. They do, but they could also shoot from a distance, and they can shoot down. They can shoot down from a distance that the arrows can't reach them. Ah. But then their arrows couldn't reach yeah, you. Yeah, if they fly high enough and they shoot down. If they fly 500 feet up in the air, then theoretically, according to D&D, almost, I think it, there is a, 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 what is it? There would be a great disadvantage. A distance, listed, distance limit to shooting an arrow. Not only that, once you, if you're shooting from that high in the air, once it comes down, it's not necessarily going to go where you want it to. Yeah, but it's, it is going to, you know, come down. Okay. Next. <laughs> Next. Anyway, so it all depends on how much, how many fantasy creatures fly in your world. If there's not a whole bunch, then you would build a castle the normal way without any consideration of being attacked from above. That's what I'm saying. That's it? No, no. And then, the, uh, of course, there's the second thing is how much magic there is in your world that would also uh, influence or have a 
have an influence on how you build your structures. Because if there was wizards and it was if there was a high magic world, then you could probably have like a shield that goes. Well, dude, over then your, your castle could fly. Yeah, and then you got these ca- flying castles, right? My friend Mike has theorized that having a world with flying castles or flying cities, I believe. Not not necessarily flying, floating. Floating, floating, exactly. Sorry, not flying. Floating castles and cities. So I think that would make it kind of interesting to, there would have to be a lot of people who could fly because, you know, they have to get from one place to another and they would have to probably leave this floating castle at one point or another. Anyway, so I thought about that too. So with all with those things in mind, I was thinking about how would you defend a castle from above? Though Jolene thinks it's rather easy. I think it's a little bit harder. I never said it was easy. I just said that conventionally you could do it okay but you don't think it'd be a, a big consideration in building the castle you if, don't think if you were being attacked from the top all the time you would make sure instead of their arrow slits which are small holes to shoot arrows out yes i know what arrow slit is well you would have the same thing at the top of your castle with roofs covering your archers okay yeah yeah well uh right and you're in your ceiling right you see what you have a cover it would be over it would be or whatever on top is over. of the walls. So you would have some f- sort of defense above your soldiers or whatever. Right? It would specifically be people shooting things off the castle. Okay. That's what I, I put down. Protection from overhead missile fire. Umbrellas. No, nah, I'm not talking about made out of cloth. But you would have something over every a, a section over something that would be an umbrella or even just not an umbrella. Okay. Hopefully it's but a little. But like a, a, like a. Even a gazebo, but it would be like an armored gazebo, right? It would be like these little places where soldiers could stand under, and it would be either armor-plated or fashioned in a way that it would deflect arrows. Okay. Most likely, it would be like a little... It would look like a, a palisade above your head. A short palisade, like a little wall. A little short wall where you would have arrow slits to shoot stuff out of. Probably... About- you know, a palisade, a, yeah. fin- a fence-like structure, yeah, yeah. but just a little bit, because you're not gonna want to obstruct your vision of what's right. above you. So, like more like a like an eave, like a long eave on the side of a building. Yeah, it would just be yeah, yeah. Something that overhangs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. So that's a consideration. I win. You don't win because <laughs> a lot of palaces probably already have that. I don't think so. They probably wouldn't have anything under you could hide under. I would say there would have to be towers specifically for air attack. Okay, so I'm thinking there already are towers. Yeah, but they don't usually have flat things that you could stand on the roof and shoot arrows from. Do they? There are towers. Okay, defensive towers on the wall. But I'm thinking in the middle of the castle, or whatever. No, okay, you don't agree with me. There you go. <laughs> Let's say, for example, I hate to bring up the Lord of the Rings uh, in the movie, God. Isengard. You know, the Tower of Saruman. Something on the top of that, right? But obviously, Saruman wasn't thinking about defending from arrows because he got shot in the movie and he fell down and he got killed, right? He got shot by Legolas. A simple no, arrow. Saruman didn't get shot by Legolas. Yes, he did. No, he didn't. It was the guy behind him. Stabbed by the other guy. He got stabbed in the back. Yeah, yeah. But th- that guy got shot by, uh, what's his name? Wormtongue got shot so by You're proving Legolas. my point. But he got shot by an arrow. You're proving my he, point. What I'm saying is he, if he would have had a wall around the top of his tower, and then if he was worried, like, the hawks might come in, and if the hawks were were ridden by elves shooting arrows down, then he should have a top, but enough that he could see it, but there'll be, like, little He's slits. a wizard, he could, dude. He could put arrows He would slits. throw a fireball at them. 
Yeah, but a simple arrow could take him out. A simple arrow can take anybody out. Okay, what I'm saying is you want to protect himself from those simple arrows. Is what I'm saying. So Saruman should have had a nice little barrack, you know, wall around the top of his castle instead of going for aesthetics. He should have gone for function. Saul wants to win the argument instead of winning. just having There's a no discussion. Winning. There's no winning. But I, you're just... you're trying to win the argument, and it's not an argument that's going to be won. <laughs> okay. We're you're talking about things coming down at you from right. the top. Right. What did we learn in in World War Two when there were airplanes? In World War One, when bombs were dropped on things, we learned that you build bunkers to get underground. Oh, oh okay. Well, somebody mentioned that, and so something you were reading about bunkers. That you would, wouldn't build castles, you build bunkers. No, you would build a bunker. Underneath your castle. Underneath your castle. No. It seems like a last resort, though, when you go down into the bunker. Well, most likely you wouldn't have to go down into the bunker because most likely you could defend from arrows. They've been defending from arrows trying to burn castle in the inside of castles and keeps and longhouses for a long time. Yeah. So you have to have access to the roof, even if you have little things that are going to cover it. For your, for your archers. For defense, yes. The thing is, is that this has been going on for a long, very long time. Yeah. And when you're attacked that way, you learn all kinds of different ways to, to defend against it. Um, right. Bal, what are they? Ballists? The big long arrows that uh, ballistas. Ballistas, yes. The big long arrows. If you had a dragon or some kind of bird person or bird, something riding a bird coming at you, you could use one of those. They go farther. Right, they and can, yes. That would be one of the things you would take into consideration. Right. In fact, in something along those lines, I was thinking that you could actually, you know, depending on how much magic and how much you, you know, somebody had, in, in the, somebody, this had come out on some some website question or other, and uh, Jolene, that Jolene found, and somebody mentioned gunpowder. You could use cannons and. and uh, well, the guy was, well, he was saying that in his world, oh, that his he was world. in, in his world. world he was putting this out questions, right? In his world, there would be there would be flying ships or like you know like uh, ooh, his flying ships. That'd be but cool. there would be like flying ships with there wouldn't be gasoline or anything, right? They right. would be magically um, flying. No, he didn't say that. Oh, he said steam engine ships. Like mm. he was thinking about what do you call those things? Those balloons? The not balloons? Oh, zeppelins. Zeppelins. Yes. But he was thinking about not. Powered, powered by a steam engine, which right. has a lot of problems to start with. But he also said there would be no gunpowder. And wow. so the problem with that premise is that to get Zeppelins, you would have to have an industrial age to, because you'd have to have smart people to build, to put together these Zeppelins, right? Zeppelins aren't something that Joe Farmer, who's plowing the field one day, is oh, going to put together. Yeah, it would have to be some sort of industry. There would have to be a, a lot of industry to, to get that done. Unless you specifically make... Uh, and he also said that his castles would be late medieval castles and there would be no gunpowder. And the problem with that is that there was gunpowder. Late medieval castles were built because they were being shot at with with cannon. Right. So there was gunpowder. So the, you change the way that you build the castle depending on, on what kind of artillery is coming at you. So you, the premise of flying things coming at you would also entail the fact that there would most likely be gunpowder because that's why castles are built the way they are at the time right because it depends on the forces that are attacking you correct so they were built out of out of stone most likely because not because they wanted drafty castles but because you can't 
burn a stone. Yeah. Whereas a longhouse, or you think of a, a Viking longhouse, or those yeah, huge with wooden fence, wooden palisades, and stuff like that. A wooden palisades aren't too bad at the outside. To it would be like having a moat around your around your castle, but when arrow hits the roof with fire on it, you have to have people that are going to be getting that to go out. Otherwise, you're going to not have a palisade very long or a long house very long because it's going to burn up. Yeah. And then here come the invaders. So where was I? I forgot. So this guy, he was inventing a world. He had flying ships, but no gunpowder. So if there's gunpowder, then this guy, this guy mentioned that you could shoot uh, barrages or whatever you want to call it. Uh, explosive rounds into the air, like fireworks, basically. Right. Uh, well, uh, with, the, the point was that if you're going to have flying zeppelins, you're going to have to consider the fact that it would be a stage, an evolution stage, right? You wouldn't just have flying zeppelins that are working off of steam engines because to get the steam engines, <clears throat> you would have to have a, an industrial thing to be able to do that, right? Well, maybe in, that, in his world, there's no components to make gunpowder. I'm not talking necessarily about the gunpowder, oh. but to have the the industrial technology to make a zeppelin oh. to fly, your society is going to have to be at a certain stage, right? Possibly, most likely after an industrial revolution. Well, to I, get I, to have enough engineers and people to build the actual mechanical parts. Well, well the, 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 there is magic, right? If there's magic, magic can change your. This evolution of industrial revolution stages because magic changes everything. You can do things with magic that you would that you would normally need a, a mechanical type of uh, 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 industry, but you can forego that with magic. I think maybe you know like a shortcut. You're talking about wizards making wizards. clockwork stuff, right? Stuff like that. Yeah, or you know, magic animating things. stuff and stuff like that. So yeah, so it works. Better. Yeah, well, that is a great possibility. I guess, but I think that. But you're right. Realistically, you would need skilled people to do the type of work to build these. If things. you're gonna have flying if, ships, you're yes. gonna need to have people that know what they're doing, right? Because you're not gonna have wizards are not necessarily prevalent in society. Yeah, they probably don't like to work either, you know. And they're not gonna the want to share their information with other people. Well, I mean, it all depends on your world. So, magic definitely is a, is a big proponent of. How you would structure a castle, because you would probably want to. Then you would hire a wizard to put a shield around you. Yeah, things are coming. But I mean, it depends. On, it also depends on how much magic there is in the world. If magic is kind of low and wizards are rare, then you might have a castle that's protected by one wizard, or you know, and, and wizards, you know, there's not a whole bunch of them, so you know, you would have to pay a lot of money for them, or you would have to make him coming to your castle attractive, like offering them, you know, all kinds of room or what do power. wizards want wizards want towers so that they can build their crazy stuff yes they have studies wizards are nuts libraries okay <laughs> i'm just saying it means they're typical there but if it was but if magic was really prevalent there was magic everywhere then like like the eberron is a, is a high magical setting then there's little wizards everywhere everything's done by magic you know you don't light fires for nighttime you have continual light spells everywhere you know stuff like that that's fine. That's cool. But you wouldn't have to, if that was the case, then you wouldn't have to worry about things attacking you from above because 
you would have a, some a, a magical thing to keep that from happening. Well, it, theoretically, you would have other people attacking you with magic, so you know it kind of balances out. But you're right. I think you would still have a like you would need a tower or a lot of towers, more towers than than if you were just attacked by by land creatures only or land things. You flying things, you would have much more towers that were that had open roofs that you could attack from, and were also protected against being shot at like you said arrow slits uh like roof arrows and you would have to probably have to have a lot of guards watching for air attacks not just from the land right because like you would have you know you would have scouts out in the land to make sure that there's no armies coming to get you but in the air you know you have to like you know you have to have like like what do you call that thing on the top of the ship crow's a, a mass like crow's nest to somebody out there with like a, a looking glass or you couldn't see the gestures he was making at me, so that's true. That's true. Sorry about that. <laughs> Trying his his pantomiming wasn't very well. Sounds like saluting you. Yeah. So, uh, other things that I thought were pretty cool were that when I was thinking about this is the moats. You know, moats kind of become you know not such a big deal, though they are a big deal for land. And like I said, it all depends on how much magic and how many flying creatures you have and then at night it would be the big problem right i was, I was telling you about the commando dwarves on the back of pegasus right you know the, yes he was telling me about them like they existed <laughs> like no. they were coming for me <laughs> what are you gonna do what are you gonna do how, they, how are you gonna defend against that so like at night you know you have that problem commando dwarves would be really heavy though when they landed they would they, you would so notice from a thud, thud? yeah oh. so commando might not be the best word for that well, I would hate to say commando L's because everybody knows about commando L's or talks about. But dwarves are notoriously good for like infiltrating and stuff like that. So that's what I don't know. That's why I thought I just thought about dwarves being pretty cool at that. Now, how are dwarves? I have no notoriously idea. good at infiltration. <laughs> in my mind, in my mind, Julie, in my mind. Maybe digging in from the from the underground. That's true. I guess that's where they would attack from. Would be like underneath the walls because they were like you know diggers and sappers and all that stuff. Okay, so okay, forget about the commando dwarves, but some type of commando unit. I guess you gotta say commando elves because they're so silent and lit and all that crap. But let's say they all you need is a small force, like you know, and then you know, not parachute in, but they come in on Pegasus and they just drop, you know, on the roofs and stuff lightly. Well, and they would be noticed if there were Pegasi, Peg, Peg, I don't at know. night, at darkest night on a no moon. Come on, how would you see them? Well, you would have watch people oh, up there. Okay. Yeah, I guess. Was well, it that what I'm saying? You would have to have watches and stuff like that. You always have to have watches. Okay. Okay, Land, okay. sea, coming from the fields or above you, you're gonna have a watch, right? Yes, yes. So another along these lines about how the structures would be fundamentally different and things could fly, or a lot of things could fly, is the I was talking to you about Xanthar, right? Xanthar's book, Xanthar's, and they have layers. Of a beholder, Xanthar's a beholder. Yeah, Xanthar's a beholder, famous beholder from Waterdeep. And if you ever played a Lords of Waterdeep, he's actually a Lord of Waterdeep, even though he's like secretly a Lord of Waterdeep, right? Well, so, it would have to be because most people don't take to beholders, not for very long, anyway. Well, he's a good businessman, so it doesn't matter. Uh huh. Anyway, in in Xanthar's guide, in Xanthar's guide, there is a, a section of it about a beholder's lair and how they would be built. So I was telling Jolene that it looked, it sounded pretty interesting because, you know, most people think of a lair, i.e. dungeon, as this thing, you know, 
that you can map on a regular piece of paper. But because beholders ha- can levitate and fly, and they can fly pretty fast. I think they fly like 60 feet per, per turn. Um, um, maybe it could, could be 120. So they're super fast little boogers, right? And they're super powerful. So, but their lairs would be engineered or made in a way that would be convenient for them. So not only would it be on a horizontal plane, but it would be on a vertical plane too. So the corridors would go like like the corridors like corridors of the yeah the the, the yeah the corridors would be like you know you're going left right forward but they would also go up and down and it would be all kinds of weird things you know it's kind of like uh, the Winchester Mystery House if you've ever been there if you say so no but it would be it would be pretty cool i didn't get to go on the last tour of the Min- Winchester oh, right, Mystery right. House if you recall but you've been there you've been there so but what what is interesting is is that a beholder doesn't have to go left and right. He could go up and down. And so what would happen is a regular adventuring party would have problems going to a, a, lair, story. a, a lair of a beholder because they would have to go, climb up sometimes, and then they would have to climb down. And then, of course, being smart that they are, these, these little boogers called beholders, they would, have, they would have points in the corridor where they could easily ambush a party that's gone past a certain point and attack from behind. And stuff like that. So my take is don't go to a beholder's lair. <laughs> that's, that's funny because that's what, exactly what Jolene said. She goes, why would you want to go into a beholder's lair? Well, beholders are known to hold a lot of crap. And they're, you know, industrious little boogers. If they got all those eyeballs. I wouldn't want to go. Yeah, they do kind of have the disintegration eyeball. and the, That's the tough one, the disintegration eyeball. That's the one you got to chop off first. Figuring out which one that one is, though. Yeah, that's, that's another one. They are very tough. And I think... Their lair would even be tougher. I mean, that would be like a, 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 what is it, a physical environment that your characters would have to overcome to be able to deal with, which I think is interesting. I think that illustrates how flying might change uh, structures. In this case, an underground dungeon. Okay. I think that what Kevin's question really was about was world building and ideas about how you would actually have to adjust things in those worlds. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh, I agree. Yeah. Kevin, we've answered your question, I think, sort of. I don't know if we answered your question, <laughs> but it made us think and have a bizarre conversation. Yeah, so. very strange. Why that Jolene shut down my, many of my ideas? It was ludicrous. I'm sorry, but it's as a I, just the fact that I study military history changes the fact that the idea of the idea, right? Yes. Because most likely the castle wouldn't have to be built any differently you would just have to adjust your defensive tactics. Right. Maybe a couple of modifications to your Depending castle. on what kind of castle you had. Right. Saul and I had to go through the whole what a castle is and, <laughs> and a keep and all of this and how defenses are set up, which he already knows, but it makes it a interest it made it an interesting conversation. She just clarified for me what what I was talking about. <laughs> the idea that that you wouldn't have people watching all the way around, up and down yeah, I guess you could you could just have the guys who are watching the walls look up, you know, at the same time, you know, or you know, make sure that they look up or look above. You would the train them to. Right, right. So anyway, it's a very interesting idea when you're coming up with your worlds and ideas about worlds. If you want to change things, then you really need to take into consideration a lot of different things. Right, right. I agree. Yeah, you know, just just the idea and and have a perspective on how that would affect things how things are made or how people live and stuff like that. And I found it interesting that 
um, when I looked it up online, people had actually been talking about this for a long time. And <laughs> specifically about how to defend castles from the air. Really? Which I thought was very strange. See? But Good job, Kevin. But they, most of them were uh, either historians or, or people who studied battles. And so, so in your reading, was there a consensus that things wouldn't change much? Like yeah, you say? there was the the basic idea was that in World War Two, even World War One, we learned that if things are going to be bombing you from the air, you're going to need to have a bunker. Yeah, because that's basically what's going to take out a castle or a, a town, a cathedral, anything is things bombs dropping from the air. Well, in fantasy include, world, there's no bombs. I guess unless you call a wizard dropping fireballs on your. That's basically castle. what you would do, yeah. right? Anyway, sorry, I looked at the calendar. It says September. Someone didn't. Do the wrong night. Well. <laughs> okay, so interesting topic. I think it's a it's a, it's consideration when world building, of course, and a, a lot of it has to deal with how your world is going to function or your setting. You know how much magic there is, how many flying creatures there are, how abundant everything is. Okay. Okay. There you go. This is Game in Perspectives with Saul and Jolene. You have a good day. Mm-hmm.